Welcome to Talking Health Tech. My name is Peter Birch, and this is a podcast of conversations with doctors, developers, and decision makers that are playing in the Australian health tech scene today. With me in the studio is Dr. Robert Laylor. He's the founder and executive director of Secure Health Chain. Robert's worked in public hospitals for the last seven years with a focus as a neurosurgical registrar during the last four years at Royal North Shore and Wollongong Hospitals. Robert's more recently founded his own health tech startup, building Australia's first blockchain-based digital health solution. As well as that, he chairs the Healthcare in Blockchain Working Group for the Australian Digital Commerce Association, so he knows what he's talking about, and he's sitting in front of me here. Robert, how are you doing? Very well, thanks. Thanks for having me, Peter. No worries. So we've got a fair bit to get th- uh, through today, and I'm going to be completely honest with you. Blockchain is on that list of mine that, of things that I really should know more about, and I don't, so I'm really glad that you're here. Um, but but first, before we get into to blockchain and telling us about that, um, I, I don't know many cybersecurity tech people who do neurosurgery as a side hustle. So tell me a bit more about how that all came together for you. Yeah, so basically during my, my junior doctoring years, I sort of fell in love with surgery and in particular neurosurgery was sort of my focus. I think that was probably because it was always exciting, there's always things happening people dying, drama, um, high energy, and also they had a lot of high-tech toys, a lot of expensive toys like Stereo Taxi, which is infrared cameras that use millimetre precision to guide the instruments on the screen virtually when you're operating. So toys like that sort of got me excited. Um, as time went by, it, it sort of became apparent that data was going to be the big thing in healthcare. Um, I think that data is central to everything. Um, but this is going back 10 years when most of the information was written on paper. And so I guess I felt that in order to harness the power of data, we need to start to digitalize it. Right. And so that's how you've, um, you've wound up here. So, so blockchain, it's, it's right up there with AI and, and big data as the, the tech words that executives in big companies like to knowingly say in board meetings and nod their head and go, hmm, yes, and then deep down they go, oh, my God, what's blockchain? No, I hope no one else asked me that question. So, um, and, and, and I've probably been in that situation too. So for the layperson, what, what is blockchain? It's a very good question. It's usually the first question that people ask when we're talking about this. So much so we actually made a YouTube animation yeah. to try and explain this. Oh, it's animated, yeah, really. Yeah, it's yeah, on, yeah, yeah. on our channel. But I guess first, the first point really is that Blockchain is not synonymous with Bitcoin. It's merely a, a subset, a small subset. Mm. Um, and, you know, you can have a chihuahua and a, and a wolf, and they're both dogs, mm-hmm. but, you know, they're very different beasts. Right. Okay. Um, and so I think a lot of confusion happens just on that level. Secondly, the, the transactions are stored across multiple nodes or multi- multiple computers. Mm-hmm. That's got a, a number of advantages. Um, security is one by having it in many different places, instead of having a central honeypot of data, Mm. um, each single node or or computer in the network needs to be targeted. Mm. Um, And I guess the third point, you should think about it as your digital fingerprint on a piece of data. So when the internet was first invented back in the 80s, the the TCP IP protocol wasn't really designed to do the sort of transactions that we expect in the internet today. And there's been a number of workarounds that have been built over the last few decades, but none of them really completely solve the issue of trust. Mm. Um, and so that's that's what this does. 
Um, trust when it comes to your data is really important, and I think health data is the most important sort of um, data that you have. Mm. So, so help me understand then. So, so if I've got this right, so today a lot of people have like a cloud, uh, cloud-based app or something like that, mm. and all the data. And the big question is, where is the data stored? And people can say, well, it's, it's great because it's held in, you know, AWS or Azure or whatever. In, in and these are the locations, although they're not allowed to say exactly where they are for security purposes. But but they're in like one spot or maybe backed up in another spot. Yeah. But but it's it's not that it's backed up in heaps of places. It's like dispersed out is that yeah. kind of how it's yeah, I think that's a good way of looking at it and then somehow through the magic of blockchain it all kind of comes back together yep. securely for yep. right got it does that mean that it goes everywhere around the world then or does it so very much depends on where, where your nodes are, are kept right so if uh, if you have nodes around the world then, then yes mm, mm. Um, you, can, you can select where the nodes are though alright yeah. okay okay so what what in your in your opinion, then, what are some important factors that that all the stakeholders in in health, like the government and the clinicians and the patients, would would, would need to be thinking about when it comes to the use of blockchain in healthcare? I guess my feeling is that the governments and, and the stakeholders really need to embrace innovation a little bit more. Um, I think I think innovation is the key for us obviously for moving forward. And I, I think a good example of that is the Australian Digital Health Agency's framework for uh, framework for change, I believe it's called. It's, it's a large document that's sort of put on a pedestal saying this is the way forward for digital health in Australia. Mm. And for example, blockchain's not mentioned in that report at all. Really? Um, yeah. And so it's quite a comprehensive report. Um, and so I th- would have thought that at least some reference to it would be included in that. Mm. Um, yeah, that's probably, probably what I'd say with that. So, so are there other are there other parts of the world that are using blockchain in healthcare? Yeah, so quite a few countries. So Estonia is like the the poster child for uh, blockchain healthcare. There's Estonia. Uh, Estonia, of yeah. All you have to look up where that is, but. <laughs> I mean, I think probably because they're a relatively small country, but also because they're quite innovative and progressive. Um, yeah. They've instituted a whole of government solution over there. So every interaction with the health system is via blockchain. So it's really quite impressive. I know the United Arab Emirates, Emirates are, um, are doing a whole of government approach now as well. Okay. Um, so. so it's happening in other parts of the world, but we've, we've seemingly got no kind of uh, plan here. Yeah, and I'm 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 I've uh, been fortunate enough to be at a number of conferences last year, um, and I remember I've asked Tim Kelsey, the CEO of, of yeah. My Health Record, his yeah. thoughts on that. Um, haven't really got an answer about that yet, but perhaps will one day. Mm. Um, so I guess look, a good analogy that I would use is an old lady driving down a freeway at 80 kilometres an hour. Okay, she thinks she's doing a really good thing by going slow. But in actual fact, what's happening is, is the traffic behind her is backing up three kilometres. Mm-hmm. And then people are trying to overtake her quite dangerously and then crashing. And so actually what's happening is she's causing more problems by being safe and conservative. And I, I get the feeling that's probably a similar thing with the um, Australian Digital Health Agency because often the reason why the lack of innovation is occurring is because 
this is healthcare and we need to be safe and it's people's lives are at stake and things like that. And look, I agree on one hand, but at the same time, it takes a leader and it takes someone to be brave to push forward, which is ultimately going to help everybody. Um, and that's why you know the adoption of, of digital health has been so slow. It's why we're in 2019 and the majority of practices still use a fax machine. Mm. Fax and manila folders still. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the majority of every, every practice in Australia. Mm. So... Um, so, so tell me about about your company, Secure Blo- uh, Se- Secure Health Chain. What what does that do? So we're building a, a health passport that you can keep on on your smartphone. It's always available whenever you need it, um, but it's always secure. It's using this blockchain technology that we're talking about. Patients often tell us that they visit a doctor or a healthcare professional at unplanned times or places or life's busy and they often don't have their information with them. Mm. So this is a personally controlled record that they always have with them with all of their information. Mm. It doesn't matter where it's from. It can be prescriptions, hospital information, you know, sick certificates or immunisation records, anything to do with your health in one place all the time. And the other really important differentiating fact, I think, is the fact that patients are 100% in control of our record. So the controls are very granular. Um, the default is everybody's off. So when you first open an account, nobody can access it, and only people you say can access it mm-hmm. can be turned on digitally. Mm. Now that permission is dynamic and it can be revoked. It can also be set on once only, a day, a week, a month, a year. Um, it could be for an individual doctor or a, a practice. So for example, your GP or your family doctor generally you would give them full access forever or you know, indefinitely. That would make sense. But you can imagine a situation where you're a, a young girl who recently had a termination, for example. It's quite a sensitive topic. And if you're going to see an orthopaedic surgeon for a knee problem, a meniscal tear or something, it's perhaps not necessary that he is privy to that information. Um, so you've got that control. Does it, d- does it compete with my health record then? So <laughs> everyone cringes when I say this, but... I don't see that we have any competitors. We're, we're just collaborators, and you know I've been very open and upfront with my health record. And, and anyone, I believe in digital health, and anything that champions that cause, I'm happy to to support. So I think it's complementary would be mm-hmm, mm-hmm. a better word, perhaps. Does it does it integrate with my health? Like, so does it sit separately to it, or does it all kind of come together in some beautiful waltz of some kind? Yeah. So, so we're still building the MVP at the moment, which is going to be launching next March. Yep. Next month, actually. Mm. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, look, I envisage it will will connect via an API later in the year, but it's not going to initially. Yeah, okay, okay. So is this a solution for people that that opt out and and all that kind of thing, or does it not really get into that whole kind of... I think people who want to have more tighter control over who can access their health information might find this more useful. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, it's interesting. Interesting topic. Um, so, so you live you live in Wollongong, or you lived, or you worked, or you what's the? Yeah, so I kind of fifty fifty between Sydney and Wollongong. Actually. Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah. So, so I've I've just m- more thinking about startups and and you know looking for good talent and and tech staff and, and all that kind of stuff. I I've I've heard a few times from different people that that the tech scene is is pretty strong in the gong. Um, is that true? When, strong in the gong, I like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah so, it, no, it certainly is. So there's a company called Acello. I don't know if you've heard of it. They're a, a, one of Wollongong's big success stories. Um, Jeff McQueen, they employ over 100 people now, have a base in San Fran hmm. as well. But 
I was just reading on the weekend, actually, Mercer, NEC, Twinkle Publishing have all opened big offices there in the last few months. And I know the University of Wollongong has a large innovation campus, which has a, its own accelerator for, for startups. And we were actually fortunate enough to get accepted into that. Um, um, and we were fortunate enough to have another offer here as well. So we went with the blockchain accelerator in North Sydney. But mm. it's certainly really, really world class there. And uh, it's, uh, it's got hundreds of startups in that one building. It's really quite amazing. Why is that? Is it just because a couple started and then it kind of, you know, success builds success? Or is it something else in the water? Or what's the... I think I think Wollongong as a regional centre has a lot of advantages for, for startups. It's you know, by definition it's regional, so it's it's cheaper to live. Mm. It's easy to get around. Parking's free. Not in the stress of the city. Um, but if you do want to go to the city, it's only an hour up the road, so it's not that far. But the beaches are beautiful. The south coast is you know it's pristine really. Mm. Java Bay and stuff's just down the corner. Hmm. Um, is there anything else that you're working on at the moment? So I'm actually writing a book called uh, Healthcare Unchained, which is five easy ways to s- integrate blockchain into your clinic today. And that's sort of aimed at, I guess, anyone who's interested in learning more about blockchain and healthcare. So it could be health professionals, it could be um, practice managers, clinics, um, those types of people. And I'm sort of look at five use cases um, and, and sort of give a strategy on how to bring it in there straight away. Yeah, okay, cool. Um, so, so just just wrapping things up. Then, what should knowing all this now? What should people do now? Get involved. I think is is what, what I would say. I mean, it's it's again. I'm trying to avoid cliches at all costs, but they, they creep in. I mean, it's never been a more exciting time to be alive. Really, that the rate of innovation is incredible. Um, you know, the exponential change we're going to see over the next twelve to eighteen months is going to blow everyone's mind. Mm. And um, you know, things that would take months and years will be done instantly in seconds. Mm. And um, I just, yeah, I just, it's a very exciting time to be alive. So I'd say get involved. It doesn't need to be in blockchain. Digital health, I think, is really important and it's mm. going to make people engage with their health and ultimately be healthier people, which is, you know, what it's all about. Help us progress. I appreciate your time, Robert. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to Talking Health Tech. My name's Peter Birch. Go check out our socials, share the love, send me a note if you've got some feedback, or even if you know someone that might be awesome to have on the show in future. Look forward to chatting to you next time.